Hello, you sexy book to writers. And did you really think that I would stay quiet that long? Simply not possible. Now, I'm just sitting here on this uh, fine afternoon watching two soccer matches Cincinnati versus Toronto and Real Madrid versus Sevilla. Quality is the same in both of them, I assure you. And I just wanted to say thank you to some of the people who reached out this week and particularly to Mr. Cornelius out there in Germany. Thank you for commenting and wishing me well and and thanking me for the podcast thus far. Grateful to know that you do log in and listen. And um, what made me even happier was to hear that you're going to Sienta Shikari tomorrow. Monday the 26th in Germany and that was based purely on hearing them through the podcast and becoming a fan and hopefully if they were to hear that romantic tale they would think wow you know we got a a new fan a new supporter at least one from this podcast of Mr. Book to Write and this week I've been thinking a lot about some past experiences and of course I've been chatting to friends around the world and some people who I've shared great experiences with in the past and one of them was a time that I remember um, my friend Colin the Scottish gentleman who recently visited me here in the US now he lives in Australia and at the time we were both living in England and we decided to take a trip to France and we were going to France to see the great Morrissey in Lille and so we decided to drive there and um, Colin drove down from his place in High Wycombe picked me up in Guildford and we drove down to the to the south Dover we got onto the ferry and we drove over and um, drove over to France and uh, we were driving all about, all around. We drove to Belgium when we needed a little bit of a break from all of the French that was going on. Had some fun in Belgium. And in the end, Morrissey cancelled the concert. But even though it was disappointing, we still had an absolutely fantastic time just travelling around different parts of France and so on. And... Um, the album that had just been released was an album called Years of Refusal by Morrissey, 2009. And it was the soundtrack in the car at the time. We were driving along and we were listening to a lot of different things, but we we kept reverting to the new album that both of us really enjoyed. And the opening track of the album is a song called Something is Squeezing My Skull. And I think to this day that it has one of the most defiant, cocky, but classical, humorous lines that I've ever heard. And I think it was something that probably appealed to so many Morrissey fans because for so long Morrissey had been hidden, he was lost. A lot of his music just before that had been very dark and depressing and and deep and he he went for a long time without a record label. And suddenly he was signed, uh, he was given more or less free 
reign at attack. I won't get into all the histrionics of attack and the label and so on, but he produced this Years of Refusal album and it was just really a, I am back, stick it in your face, I'm doing very well, I know by now that you think I should have sorted myself out, thank you, drop dead. sorry if I mixed up some of the words when I was quoting him earlier. Um, I was quoting them from memory and I got them kind of wrong. I said sorted myself out when he says straightened myself out. And if you know the complex history, I suppose there is very much a significance in the choice of words there. And of course, there usually is and should be when an artist is writing a book, writing a song, writing a poem, whatever it may be. The choice of word is very important. So please recognize my error and admire the great Morrissey. And um, I was 
chuckling thinking of some of the memories that I had from that. For example, we when we did travel over to, we drove through to Belgium and we went to Bruges and uh, we were walking around the city and it was still morning time. It was about 10 o'clock in the morning and we found a little ice cream shop. So we walked in. I th- I don't even know why we walked in. I think we were going in because I can't imagine that we were buying ice. We were thinking of buying ice cream at 10 o'clock in the morning, but maybe we were. I don't know. It was uh, quite a drunken trip, so we didn't necessarily always <laughs> have the greatest cognizance. But I remember we were listening a lot to a band at the time called Belgian Sociality. And Belgian Sociality immortalized the beer that we had not heard of until we heard them. And it was a beer called Jupele. And of course, we'd never seen Jupele. We didn't know if it was actually something real or not. And uh, we walked into this ice cream store and we went to the fridge. Maybe we'd gone in there just to get some water or a Coke or whatever. And we opened the fridge and uh, sure enough, there in the fridge was Jupele. So we inevitably bought a few cans of this, left the shop and we opened them as soon as we left and we were walking around the streets of Bruges drinking Jupiler. And I, I recall the city being quite fascinating because we, we'd never seen so many beautiful people in the world, in, in, in any place in the world. It, we were sitting outside at one point on the pavement having a beer and a snack and there was a hill it was you know the, the street that we were sitting in had a hill and you couldn't see over the top and it just seemed there was this constant stream of beautiful people coming down and I remember we said we must they must have a factory on the other side there that's producing all these people they just there's just an endless flow I don't know I think we were in we were in a university area I would imagine a lot of people were coming out of college and walking along and we were probably just a little bit inebriated and a little bit happy because we were on holiday and at that point we still thought we were going to see Morrissey. So it was a good time. You must be joking. What's what he said? 
Fine track was Jupiler Reggae by Belgian Associality from their 1995 album Astenblief. And another soundtrack for the, the trip, the French trip, was anything really by Lagwagon, to be honest. Colin and I were both very much into Lagwagon, Joey Cape. And um, at the time, Joey Cape had quite a bit of solo stuff out and um, one of the songs that we really loved was a song called Making Friends and the reason well one of the lines that we absolutely loved in the song was it's so small it's so small and I would love to show you all and one can only guess what that is referencing but that was a, a Lagwagon album on the Double Platinum album and uh, I want to play you uh, an acoustic version of that song that came out four years after the trip, in fact. And these days I just tend to prefer the acoustic version. And it was from an EP called Liverbirds by Joey Cape and his friends in 2013. As you're in this, search for something to hate. I can feel you rally around someone with your peers. But can you stand alone? Can you take the long way home? Cause I stood in a circle a million times before And I feel safer in the eye of the storm You can throw your stones or only bleed for you for one It's 
so small. It's so small. It's so small. It's so small. It's so small. Will you still hate me tomorrow? And it's quite comical that in this age of success and capitalism, uh, you know, everybody wanting to be rich, everyone wanting to be an influencer, everyone wanting to be popular, that Joey Cape had this comical obsession with failure. You may have heard the line, and I will never fail drama. And, and it's something that we could probably write a, you, you could honestly write a, a PhD thesis on because Lagwagon's obsession with failure was something that probably many fans didn't even notice and it was something that Colin and I picked up on and over the years kind of joked and laughed every time we heard the word failure in one of their songs. I'll have to do a count one of these days but it's quite common and I think quite brave as well but it's it's that that makes someone, something unique. We constantly, constantly hear so proud to announce, so excited to announce, uh, really happy to state that. And it's always about progression, promotion, increase, financial wealth, success. You never hear some, you, you, you very rarely these days hear something that's self-deprecating but when you go on to any kind of social media casual social social media platform people always say interests stand-up comedy so everybody loves to go to stand-up comedy and the one thing that comedians do is make fun of themselves they bring themselves down and that's what's so funny and yet in every other walk of life we tend to promote ourselves and brag and um, create a sense of isolation because people are looking at other people and saying, oh, I don't have that yet. I'm not earning that salary. I don't have that amount of savings. I'm not in that position at work. I don't have that many friends. I don't get that many likes. And it's just this weird interesting, conflicting thing that at the same time, the people who really tend to connect with the majority of society and make people laugh are the ones who actually have the courage to be self-deprecating and say, I'm terrible at this, I'm terrible at that. And for example, there is a Instagram account profile human called Linda Dong. The profile name is Yolinda Dong and it is absolutely hilarious and it has 2.6 million followers and every single post is self-deprecating. Every single post is just about how awkward this individual is and how many mistakes she makes and 
how fallible she is and how just clumsy and um, silly. And it's absolutely fascinating, hilarious and brilliant. And she has 2.6 million followers. She doesn't follow anyone. And uh, I wish she would follow me. for you I didn't know there was something to find tomorrow you won't fit in yesterday's shoes and I'm trying so hard to rewind you came to me as an empty cup I didn't know love could ever be real And every day I tried to fill you up With everything that I thought you would feel Through the years, the sorrow, the joy that we borrow The tears that we share with the rain Oh, today, tomorrow, forever I'll follow your trail Just call my name
And that was I'll Follow Your Trail by Sean Rowe from the 2017 album New Law for no particular reason other than the fact that it just popped into my head. And uh, I do see him pop up every now and again on these different um, email exchanges saying that he has shows. I did see him once live in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and I'd love to see him again. So I need to look into that and see if he's coming out to this part of the world. And um, as Nashville versus Red Bull New York kicks off, we move on into the afternoon. And earlier in the afternoon, actually late morning, a friend of mine messaged me and said, hey, I'm working today. Do you want to come and hang out a bit while I'm working? Um, and so I walked down to my local little bar to order a $4 mimosa and chat to my friend. And there was an individual at the bar who I know as well, who had uh, just come straight out of church, straight into the bar. And when he saw me sitting at the table outside, he came over and joined me and he told me that he'd already had a frozen margarita before he came to the bar. And then while we were sitting there, he ordered a shot of whiskey and another very strong beer. And... Um, had another mimosa, and I said to him, well, oh, they really must have been teaching the Old Testament today at church. As we were sitting there, more and more people in their church outfits were walking into the bar and ordering drinks. And um, not that there's anything wrong with that, of course, but I do find it a little bit interesting that individuals go on their own to church dressed very fancy on a Sunday, listen to the sermon. And as soon as they get out of that place, they jump in their car and they drive to the bar and they go and down some shots of whiskey. And not only that, but throw in a margarita, throw in some champagne. What's going on, man? As an atheist, I don't know. I ask you, I don't go to church. I haven't been to church since my mother took me there when I was a kid. And I think I went one more time for my grandmother's funeral back in Wigan in the United Kingdom. The Word of God says that we will receive praise of God. God will begin to speak forth. Our righteousness is of him, saith the Lord. <laughs> Get back! Don't 
Praising God wherever you are. I don't care where you are. I don't care what's happening. Just begin to praise God. Just begin to praise Him and praise Him and praise Him and praise Him and worship Him and bless Him. Belief is an important part of life, an important part of the evolutionary process, but praying to God for support is not going to get you anywhere. And unfortunately, many of the problems that we have and that people have in life stem from the fact that we can leave it in God's hands. And unfortunately, leaving in God's hands means that nothing will happen. You need to take it into your own hands. If your child is sick, take them to the doctor. If the planet is dying, Start reusing, start recycling, start being more responsible. Stop sitting in your car with the engine running like a fucking moron. And that song was a song called Bad Religion by Godsmack from their self-titled album Godsmack in 1998. Let's get away with the beat. 
song was Welcome to Planet Motherfucker Psychoholic Slag by White Zombie from La Sexo Devil Music Volume 1 1992 and you know on the weekend I was watching a video about return to office versus remote work and um, it was talking about the end of the nine to five you know, the overdue end of the nine to five. 
And of course, for those of you who are jumping up saying, yes, the end of the nine to five, there are some negatives to that too, because of course it means that potentially the future of employment would be more contract-based work. You'd be paid for what you do rather than your time. And I think that makes perfect sense, to be honest, because what the video describes is how the um, the nine to five, the forty day, the forty hour work week was actually implemented by Henry Ford about a hundred years ago, and it was implemented to bring some kind of uh, regularity, stability to the. Uh, the manufacturing industry and of course these individuals were going into the into the factory and they were working from nine to five with their one hour lunch and their two or three 30 minute breaks either side and what they were doing all day was they were putting brake pads up on a rack and putting bolts and screws and whatever and doing all of this industrial mechanical labor which suited the nine to five, of course, and Henry Ford was able to actually acquire talent from other areas because people wanted this stable 40 hour nine to five week instead of the crazy work weeks they were working in other industries. But now, of course, many people recognize that that is a hundred years old and no longer works. If you're in a project, you're going to be full on. The project is very heavy. You're working. You're going to probably be working weekends, evenings, sometimes. And then when the project is finished, you're going to have a period of time where you may be quite quiet and you don't really have a lot to do. But of course, with return to office and 50-50 mandates and so on, even though it's quite quiet and you've finished your project, you have to go into the office and you have to sit there and stare at your screen and be monitored by your manager because that's what you're being paid to do, right? Your nine hours a day with one hour lunch. So yeah, it's interesting how all of that is changing and to be honest, that really troubles me a lot to think that we are going back to something that was implemented 100 years ago without any real challenge. I'm quite surprised, you know, I see other countries striking a lot, going on strike for whatever, a lack of overtime pay or a shortage of pay or whatever it may be. And yet all these return to office mandates come about and everyone just goes back, you know. As I mentioned before, uh, in the US, when people started getting vaccinations, the MAGA cult was saying, oh, we're lions, we're not sheep, we're not going to get a vaccination. And then somebody says, hey, 50-50 in the office. And all the lions go running back into the office. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Please don't fire me, sir. Oh, I'm so scared. Please let me keep my job. Take this job and shove it. I ain't working no more. Take this job and shove it. I ain't working no more. I'm holding it to the police. I'm working for. If they're not trying to stay my way, they're walking out the door. Take this job and shove it. I won't get no more. 
And that was the absolutely incredible opening track to Dead Kennedy's 1986 release, Bedtime for Democracy. And the song is called Take This Job and Shove It. And on that note, I would like to thank you all very gratefully for joining me, for listening to me, for putting up with me. And I know that many of you are probably angry because my views are anarchistic, nihilistic, liberal, socialist, democrat, left-wing. As my old friend, the English teacher and author from Oklahoma, Art Cox, used to say, I'm a little bit left of the left wing. I'm not really. I'm moderate. I like to believe that I just am logical. And um, I'm hoping for great success for Donald Trump in the primaries because I know that Biden has no chance whatsoever against Nikki Haley. But against Biden, against Trump, he he will inevitably win. And it's kind of a comical irony because on the one side, there are certain people who just don't want women as leaders. And on the other side, they want women as leaders, but they'd rather have anybody other than Trump. And therefore, Nikki Haley wins. But if she loses to Trump, Biden wins. Sorry, guys. That's just how it is. See you soon.